All right, guys, welcome to Cultivate Leadership Project. I am your host, Sam Iscavel. We have a great show for you today. I am so excited to have Gabe Salazar with us. We're going to be talking about the nine keys of a great leader. Gabe, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Thank show, you. right? Thanks for being Sam, with so us. I'm so excited to be on. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so what we do is we go through the nine keys and then we figure out how your story uh, used one of, you know, use the keys and you've, how you've developed them so that young people can hear them and say, you know what, if he did it, I can do it. If they're doing it, I can do it. And the, the goal is to birth leaders, you know what I mean, from young people and, uh, and, and just help them become community changers. And so thank you so much. Um, before I get started, I want to let everybody know that Gabe has a book and it's called Born on Accident, Living with Purpose. I'll put a sure. link in the description. I've, I've actually read it several times. It's a, a great read. Parents, if you want to uh, put something positive in your kid's mind, get this book for them and tell them, you know, trade trade off something and say, if you do this for me, I'll buy you this or whatever. Do Make a deal with them. And I know that this book will help them out. And so, Gabe, you ready? It's, it's, very, it's like, this is going to be good. I can just feel it. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so the nine keys I developed through my life, just like you developed your book and the stuff that you teach through your life. And so the first key is turning negatives into positives. And I believe every great leader uh, has stories where they struggle with something and something great came out of it. Can you speak well, to this? Well, absolutely. You know, when we talk about turning negatives into positives, I see it from a different perspective. I was born in the negative. Uh, <laughs> so when you're born in the negative, anything better than that is a positive. And so you've got to figure out where your deadline is. Like, what are your expectations and what are your goals? Because if not, you'll always be in the negative. If you don't set your goal and say, this to, once I pass this line, yeah. I've actually moved forward a little bit. I moved the needle and moved my family. I moved my community to a better perspective. And that's one thing we hope with all of ours. You know, everybody wants to, you know, when they become parents to be able to offer their children and their wife and their husbands, like something better than what they had. So, but you'll never be there if you don't actually create that gauge of measure of expectation for your life. You'll always be in the negative, especially when you're comparing yourself, like, oh, look at what they have. Well, your, your measure should not be on what other people have or don't have. It should be on what your own expectations are because you'll just be chasing and comparing. And some people say, well, I'm very competitive. There's a big difference between being competitive and comparing. And so yes. I always say that whether you're in the negative, it's all about your perspective. Yeah. You know, your perspective, you can always feel like you're down, you don't have enough, but there's other things that people can't steal, like your joy, your peace, your happiness, your intent, your, your ability and, and drive for life. Yeah. So that's something that regardless of what's around you could still be in you. You know, some people say that tenacity is like this, like when people say, you can't steal my joy. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so everything might be crappy around you. You might not live in the neighborhood or drive the car or have the clothes, but if there's still joy within you, then there's that drive that'll help push you to that positive. God. And that positivity is so contagious and it'll push other people around you to that same level too. So yeah. going from uh, the negative to the positive, positive we, all, we also look at that as, as your struggles to your opportunity. Like what, 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 could happen if we could just look at the biggest things like the best college or the best careers or the best neighborhoods or the, or the best homes and families, you know, you know, 
and and uh, and every every big thing starts small. So you might not live in the nicest house, right? But it doesn't mean it has to be dirty and cochino and like filthy. Yeah. You know, take care of every big thing starts small. So the plans and the opportunities in your business, if you're faithful in your business, if you're organized in it, and you uh, create structure and yeah. and parameters and guidelines for those things, when it comes to your time, and you'll be much better off. So uh, I I. A negative is not a place where I want to live. I mm. lived there for a long time. I lived in a negative, stinky attitude and thought mm. life. Yeah. And um, I lived a long time there. I spent a lot of years wasted time. Yeah. And I always want to be in the positive. And when I you're in the it. positive, just like in that bank account, you ha- when you have positive, uh, you have opportunity to actually give joy. That's right. Give, That's right. Share peace. Give and share uh, monies and opportunities to others too. Yeah. It, uh, dude, when you said joy and you started comparing, like, you know, no matter where you're at, you can add some positivity to it. Um, joy is the fuel to positivity. You need something to fuel that positivity. And That's so I don't know what it's going to be for everyone, but I kind of caught that when you were talking and I thought that was a good, a good zinger. You know what I mean? So I wrote that down and I'm going to put that in the description below. Number two, key number two, and I, dude, I, I see you on Instagram and, and, and everything that you're doing. And so when I think of Gabe, I think confidence, right? But it had to come from somewhere. You had to develop it somehow. Possibly you had a mentor, which you did because I read the book, but I'm asking like, you know, mentors help us. So key number two is develop or confidence development. What helped you develop your confidence and how did it look before you were confident? Well, you know, you've heard the term fake it till you make it. And there's times in life where I do feel very confident. I'm confident in things that I put most of my energy towards mm. and my exercise towards. So there's people that are confident to go to the beach and take their shirt off, all right? Because yeah. they work out and their their abs are on point, their beach body's ready. And the same thing goes with things like education, public speaking. So you know, you can't be confident in public speaking if you're actually not putting the time in. A lot mm. of people tell me, hey, I'm a professional speaker. How long have you been speaking? Well, this is my first year. Uh, okay, whatever, right? And, and, and not to sound like I'm putting somebody down, but, you know, it kind of goes to the, uh, the 10th hour law is, yeah. uh, man, you know, you're putting in thousands and thousands of stage time hours. Some people say, wow, that was the most amazing speech I've ever heard given to teenagers. Well, I do this every day. I visit about 150, 160 schools every year. And so that confidence is really exercise. It comes from that. Like I'm just doing this all the time. Why can Tiger Woods knock the ball like so far every single time? Oh yeah. Because he does it all day long. Every single day, that's what he's doing. You know, boxers, when they punch somebody, they're like, oh my gosh, you see that punch? No, they're punching thousands of punches every single day. And so the confidence comes from that exercise and, uh, and the other hard thing about confidence that is hard for some people to, to realize is some people are, are born with it. Some people are born with just a, a swagger of a way they carry themselves yeah. that exudes confidence. And necessarily doesn't always mean that they're confident, but uh, it, it's a swagger that they're able to carry and walk with on stage and a gifting that some yeah. people have that other people have to work harder to get. Do you feel like it was a gift to you or do you feel like you had to develop it? The... I, I, I learned from a very early age that if I could make a classroom laugh, like I, I was kind of pushed to another level of popularity. Yeah. So even when in fifth grade, sixth grade, when they'd say, all right, Gabe, it's your turn to come up here and, and give your science report. Like it was always going to be goofy. It was always going to be 
some kind of elaborate stupidness that was going to even get negative attention if it had to, just to make people laugh. And, and, uh, and, you know, when I was able to redirect that through the leadership of my mentor um, to, for that to be a positive thing, then um, I, I learned how that it was even exponentially powerfully uh, able to help people change their lives in, in a great way. Love it, man. Focus, guys. If you're listening, I heard the word focus when he was saying that. And if you if you're lacking confidence, figure out what you're good at or what you want to be good at, and zoom in on that. And uh, I think that'll help you develop the confidence. And then from there, you can use that confidence for other things. Number three, um, obviously, you've written a book. You, you you know you do a lot of things. You speak, and problems have to come up, whether it be with organizational things or just you know, developing yourself. So how do you handle problem solving? And the, and the reason, before you go, the reason it's in here, because every great leader uh, has to know how to problem solve. Things are going to come up and you have to adjust in order to keep moving forward. How does problem solving look in your life? You know, problem solving is, um, it's challenging for some because, you know, if you're not able to solve the storm within yourself, you're, you're usually not going to solve the problems around you. So whether you're in the corporate realm or whether you're in uh, as a family or uh, as, a, as a minister, you know, the, the first storm to calm is the only storm that, that Christ can, can calm within yourself. So um, I, I've seen leaders blow up in staff meetings. I've seen parents blow up and, and really uh, actually, you know, they say you can either be a firefighter or you can be a fire lighter. And when you don't have the ability to, to problem solve within yourself and step back for just a like millisecond, say, hold on. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you need to start a fire, right? And, and sometimes you don't, I'm really serious. Sometimes you need to say, guys, what in the heck is going on? That will not happen in this organization. Uh, and, yeah. and there's, there, there's times that you have to sit, step back and say, uh, can you guys tell me why you thought that was the best decision to make? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I put you guys in a place of, of responsibility and, uh, you know, next time we, we got to think about doing something different. Got so, it. uh, it's like corporations. I've, I, I, uh, I've known guys who have taken over corporations and they've told me there's two ways to go into a corporation. You go in and you fire everybody <laughs> yeah, or you go me. in and, and you lift everybody up and, and you just kind of build on what the last person built on. And so there's two, so every environment's different. So you really have to be, you know, wise and figuring out which way to, uh, to approach each, each situation. Yeah. But problem solving st- first starts from within. Got it. You never want to, you know, nothing positive ever comes from anger. Mm. Yeah, good. At, you got to have a good attitude when you're a leader because you're going to get tested on a daily if, if you're yeah. walking in, in leadership. Key number four, which we've seen a, a great display so far, by the way, it's communication development. You're, you're obviously a great auditor, a great speaker. Um, but what's the, the backbones? What's the foundation for your communication and what, what helped you in the beginning? And, and maybe what do, you, what do you use now to help you keep developing it? Well, I've been doing it for a long time. Um, um, I, I, there's a lot of different skills in communicating. Um, people don't realize it's your stage presence. It's your preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are gifted. I, I, I really don't have to have my notes with me. I can have five pages of notes, 
But if I've gone over them two or three times, I'm good. Like I can look at something and memorize. Mm. And then what I do is I just take, instead of taking the whole five pages with me, I just take one sheet and I put bullet points and I already know where I'm going with everything. And I've been doing this so long now that I, I, I just have to kind of like, okay, what is your focus here? Oh, it's uh, leadership. Cool. Boom. I'll go after this. What's your focus here? Uh, uh, organizational skills and, uh, or, or bully prevention or drug and alcohol awareness. Boom. I already know where I'm going with everything. So this is a lot of preparation. I've heard somebody say, hey, don't you want to pray before you go up and speak? I'm like, why do I need to pray before I go? I'm already prayed up, you know? So you got to go ready. The other thing is I study a lot of preachers. Uh, my favorite ones like Joel Osteen, uh, Jensen Franklin, uh, Dr. Robert Jeffress, and for different reasons. Uh, I like the way they're able to communicate, storytell. I like the way they don't ramble, but they're able to always bring it to a point. The other thing I do is I listen to a lot of comedians, not to steal their jokes, but comedians are great orators. They are, I mean, they are people winners. The moment they get up on stage, boom, you got to win the audience and you and 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 they're storytellers. So Gabriel Iglesias is a great storyteller. Um, <clears throat> let me think. Uh, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. If you've seen him, he is so great at being physical and kind of turning almost anything into a prop. He turned the microphone into a mop and on and on. You know, and uh, so and I'm always watching comedians uh, to for their their storytelling skills and their ability. They're on stage a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, almost more than preachers are. And they're very good, even the way they hold their microphone. Mm. And then after that, I study even a lot of um, uh, new broadcasters. So the way they talk, their skills. My wife is a, was, is a former news broadcaster. And so she taught me a skill on public speaking. <clears throat> so what you want to do is if, if you feel like uh, there's a lot of bad things going around, right? Yeah. There's people, they talk like this. And they're and even on professional stuff, I see them like really they don't want to they just talk like so that's like uh people and they'll feel that they, I can't even do it because it's like a vocal fry or oh, yeah. a glottal, some people talk say, or some people talk really nasally and they'll talk very so what they challenge people to do if you're really trying to speak because you don't realize it, like speaking to somebody, whether the whether you have something incredible to say, if you're saying in a way that's so monotone or mm. heady or it people their ear will only give them so long to listen to it yeah. right so they say the trick is you hold your nose and you're you should be able to speak without like it being nasally but yeah so, testing one two three a b c d e f g yeah you know so that's like a little trick you pinch <laughs> your nose and yeah. and you're starting to kind of find so you hear your voice and understand your voice yeah. and then the last one i would say for that is like you know, people don't like to do this, but film yourself, watch yourself, watch yourself on camera yeah. and you'll see little things that you do wrong. Some people, they rock back and forth, you know, yeah. so I tell them, turn the volume down you see them rock back and forth while they talk or they'll do mannerisms. Some people will say, right, a lot, right. You know, in, in or they'll say, amen, amen. Hey, I get <laughs> and so it, those man. things Safe just words. El eliminate those things out of your, out of your uh, vocabulary and practice on that. It sucks to, do it, but I, I've got no point now where I can watch myself and be like, ah, I did do that. Why am I doing that? You know? Yeah. I, and that's I a, things to, you say, better yourself and, and refine your craft. I have a friend, he he gets nervous and he starts pronouncing the S's long. <laughs> but anyways, I caught three uptick, things. An uptick, people will speak and they speak like they're asking hey. a question. And then Jesus <laughs> yeah. went to 
the Sea of Galilee, and then <laughs> and then he looked at the disciples. Yeah, and you can't catch it unless you record yourself. And so that's a good recommendation. Like, record yourself with video so you can see those things. Sometimes the best person to show you is yourself. Yeah, and And when you talk like that, it shows a total lack of confidence. Mm. And the audience, they'll give you those 15 minutes. Oh, that was, he he had such a great heart. Wow. What (laughs) a, you know, but they're not going to recommend you to go and speak at another conference or, or share the video. (laughs) Got it. I got three things out of that. One was prep and listen to great speakers and to study. Number five, here we go. The first four keys, they're kind of like internal things. You have to face them and then develop them. And then from five forward, you start seeing a little more outward thing. Okay. And so number five is goal setting. How have you made goal setting a part of your life? And do, do you recall a goal you had when you were young that you're living now? And what does your goal setting look like now? Yeah, my goal when I was a kid was to survive and live because everybody around me was dead. My biological father was shot and left dead. And I always felt like, you know, he was old when he died at 23 years old, (laughs) you know? And so I thought like, you know, I always looked at pictures of him being old. And so I didn't think I'd even live at that. Mm. I really didn't. I was always like, oh, okay, that's the time you die. And like, you know, you know. so uh, a lot of violence in my neighborhoods where I was living at in San Antonio and Houston. So I never felt like I could be a doctor or be a this, or I was never a goal oriented like that as a kid. Uh, but when I, I changed and turned my life around, you know, my, my short-term goals, like going to college and graduating and, and working in a school and then becoming a speaker. And uh, so you, you, you set your short-term goals, you set your long-term goals, and my wife and I do that. And in our Bible, or maybe in your diary, you write down the 10 things that you want to accomplish in the next two years to five years. And you start to knock those things off. And what I've learned is even if I can't knock off all those goals, if I, if I knock off a few of them, then that's incredible to do. And uh, so I really recommend uh, being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I um, you know, m- my wife and I do that. We've accomplished a bunch of them. And then we're able to sit down and say, okay, how do we dream again? Yeah. And so goal setting is so important to make sure it's not a goal unless you write it down. Then it's just a, it's just a wish. Yeah. And uh, so I wish I can write a book one day or I wish I can have a TV show. We'll write these things down and check them off. That's one thing I recommend goal setting. After, so, so goal setting, whenever I, I talk to young people, they, they're like, ah, goal setting. But as soon as I tell them dream big, everyone fills in the blank. Man, I want to be a football player. I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a rap star. But I tell them, you got your, your small goals got to track to your big dreams, right? And so even dreaming big is a skill that a leader has because it fits in with, with what he's doing. And so let me ask you, what are some of your big dreams or what do you do so that your big dreams are, I guess, obtainable and real? And what would you recommend a young person like when they're dreaming big? Well, to find mentors that have done it, you know, go find an astronaut and find out how, what, what college did you go to? And what route did you, did you take? I mean, the roads have been paved already. So if you want to be a, a, a sports broadcaster, if you want to be a business owner, surround yourself with people that are doing what you want to be, mm-hmm. do what you want to do. And then you learn from their, um, their great things and you learn from the bad things that they've done. Yeah. Sometimes they'll tell you, Hey man, I messed up. I wasted three years doing this and I shouldn't have mm-hmm. done that. And so I really recommend talking to them and spending time and, 
and um, it's surrounding yourself with leaders that are doing what you want to be doing and you'll be better than them. So yeah, if you're dreaming big, find someone that's already doing your dream and see if you can connect with them so they can help you down your path. Key number seven, being a team player, this, this uh, key is so important because sometimes you're leading a team, but a great leader knows how to be a part of a team. So how have you, how have you led teams and how do you maybe behave within a team as a leader? Yeah, well, the, be- the biggest team I, I'm a part of right now is the Salazar team, Team Salazar. And so, um, you know, I'm always leading them. And, and so there's expectations and goals and, and rules that we follow. Because it's it, sometimes you can get into places and you say, hey, well, that's not fair. You know, it's not fair uh, to talk to my wife this way or talk to my children this way. Or, you know, always be encouraging and always. And, and then I have to stand on the rules and expectations that I've, I've set for my team. Right. I've got to be able to follow those things as well. Uh, as a youth minister at my church, um, I've got rules and I, I lead a team there as well. And there's expectations. And, and uh, sometimes I have to come down hard. Not, I'm, I'm really not like that. But, but sometimes I have to say, I, there's, hey, I have to like bring them in and say, hey, you know, I, I saw this. Can we, can we readjust? And it's very rare that my team will say, no, I'm doing it my way. So I don't really face a lot of that. But I'm always having to good leaders. Uh, tell their team who they are mm. and they tell them where they're going. And that's when one thing great about uh, like sports team is they know who they are because they're all in uniform and, and they all have something that says we're alike in one way. And uh, your team should I- express that. Like we all have something that's alike as to why we're here. And if it's just about making money, that's hard for some people. I'm just here just, just to make money. But when you have a team that's bought into the reason why you started that business, maybe you're a welder or you own a, a body shop and, and, uh, or, or, or maybe you, you know, you have, uh, maybe there, maybe the, the, the underlining main theme of is ethics. Like, Hey, all of us love hard work and we, and we love to take care of our families. And, but when you find those things that make you alike, it makes you a better team. So, um, I re- always recommend like in teams be, um, express to your team the encouragement that they need when they're doing a good job. You want to remind them they're doing a good job. And then um, the other thing you want to do is you always want to make sure that you're circling back and you're expressing the direction that the team needs to go. Because if a team doesn't have a coach and say, here's the game plan, everybody's going to think they're LeBron and they're not. Mm, Yeah. Key number eight, time management. Okay it's so hard for so many people. It's for some, it just sticks with them for a lifetime. It's just hard to manage time, but you have a big busy schedule. You have to be places and people coordinate around you showing up. What um, do you remember not managing time? Well, and what do you do now to manage it better? Yeah. Well, I don't believe anybody could manage time. I disagree with the whole concept of time management. Uh, I believe in time prioritizing because nobody could manage time. Nobody can add more minutes to their day or add hours We've all got the same amount, uh, whether you're Donald Trump, whether you're, uh, uh, you know, LeBron James or Michael Jordan or anybody who people think that like, oh, my gosh, they're so effective with what mm. they do with their time. Uh, well, they've got people coordinating it and scheduling it and you've got you. So, you know, one thing that I do every day is um, on Monday when I walk into my office, I write down uh, the 10 things that, I, that are most important to get done this week. And then I write down another list of what I need to do today. So I'll have like 25 things I need to do today, whether it's emails or errands or projects or a Zoom like this. Um, 
And then, you know, but by the end of the week, I've got like a bunch of pieces of paper and I put, I put them all on my sticky notes, you know, and I've got tons of these on my desk that just show me accomplishment. And so uh, the other thing about uh, is it's called first things first and you do the thing you don't want to do. And then, you know, it's like when you're moving a truck, right? You're moving your house and you've got the big old TV unit and then you've got all the little small boxes and, and so what I always recommend is get the biggest thing that you don't want to move first. Yeah. And then, and then everything else will just fall along very easily. And that same thing is like, if, even if you're a teenager, you go home, you have all the assignments to get done. Well, do that big assignment and then you'll have more time to play video games after or skateboard or do whatever. But if you go home and then you, you're skateboarding, you're playing video games, and all of a sudden it's 9 p.m. You're like, dang it, I've got yeah. this project to do. And it seems bigger because you didn't put first things first. The last key, it's leadership truths. You can choose to just say something motivational for those that are listening or just something from, you know, this is how I've become a leader and what I've learned. Uh, But this is just an opportunity for you to share something about uh, being a leader and being a, a person of influence and putting positivity in this world. Well, I will say uh, we, there's not enough of us. I was ranked America's number one Latino youth speaker by Popular Hispanic Magazine. And uh, really, when they did that article, there was probably three of us that they were looking at. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of us. And, and we can use more motivation, more inspiration. You are a leader wherever you are, whether you're leading your nephews and nieces, whether you're leading your family, uh, your work. We are all leaders. And so you're, if you're faithful in the small things, God will reward you with much, much more. So you've got to be faithful in that. So wherever you are, give it your best. Um, You know, when you go to the grocery store, inspire somebody. When you're on Mm -hmm. the bus, inspire somebody. You want to be a motivational speaker, every big thing starts small. So I get people tell me, oh, I want to be a missionary in Africa. And I want to dig wells in Africa. I want to feed kids in India. Dude, you don't even pray for your Fruit Loops in the morning, man. (laughs) You know, you've got to be faithful with those small things. So anybody who would see me now would look at me and say, Gabe, uh, I remember when Gabe was like that as, as you know, a 19-year-old when I was youth pastoring at Templo Emanuel in, in Fort Worth. You know, I was, I was always that. So I've been faithful to who I am and knowing my gifts and my skills and what I'm not good at. There's things I am not good at. Administrative skills really stretch me. And I have to really try to be administrative because I, I, lo- I thrive on people. So during this quarantine time, I mean, it's driving me nuts because I want people. Yeah. But it's, it's really hard. So that would be just my encouragement is be faithful in who you are and what you're good at. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't compare. I always say stop comparing and start preparing because what God has for you is for you. And be faithful to that. Okay, everyone, thank you so much for listening Thanks, to Cultivate. Um, I hope that, that, that this interview helped you. I'm going to put a description of of everything that Gabe said and the little tricks that he uses to help him with each of the keys. But, you know, with that being said, Gabe, I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, keep keep on going, man. And, uh, and everyone, I'll put a link to his book in the description. And I recommend that you listen to it or that you read it. Thank you All so right. much. Thank you for having me on. God bless you. God bless you. Have a good one. Take care. Peace.